Hi, everybody. Welcome to Trek Trek. I'm your host, Justin Chang, and with me is Randy Nelson. Hey, Justin, what's up? Uh, not much. Uh, well, I say not much, but there's actually some cool Star Trek stuff happening uh, since we last recorded. Yeah, it's like the, we let a little time pass between our episodes and then just Star Trek, cool Star Trek stuff happens. Yeah. Uh, first up is the teaser for the upcoming Star Trek show, uh, the I 2017 was, show. Uh, I'm sorry to cut you off. I, I was just like ridiculously excited. You sent this to me at work. <laughs> <laughs> You're just like, you know, just kind of uh, nonchalantly uh, I messaged me. Uh, a link to this and uh yeah let's talk about it uh yeah so the teaser <laughs> is confirms that's coming out next year um mm-hmm. it says there are new crews interestingly plural yeah um and the show itself is just called star trek mm-hmm. uh it, it, the new crews kind of well not confirms but it lends more credence to the rumor that it'll be an anthology series Right. So there was that rumor that it would be kind of along the lines of, I guess, what's a good one? American Horror Story or True Detective. Although <laughs> probably the content couldn't be further from either of those. Uh, yeah, that, that idea that, you know, each season might f- follow a different crew. And I know you and I talked about that on Trek Trek before, um, kind of our feelings on that. And, you know, I'm just going to leave it in Brian Fuller's hands. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I, I do have confidence in like kind of everyone involved. Um, uh, but you know, I'd also seen some other speculation about that plural cruise idea and that that would be, it might tell this new story from the perspective of multiple crews or multiple ships. So you might have like, for instance, one of the theories, uh, you know, cause, I mean, there's just speculation. It's such a brief teaser, right? Uh, but including that one little bit, I mean, there's speculation that, oh, well, it might tell the t- story of a, a Starfleet crew, or it might tell, you know, the story of a Starfleet crew. Then there might be a perspective of maybe Academy cadets, and then there might be the story of a Klingon crew, you know, and if it's set supposedly set during the time after Undiscovered Country, uh, it could be kind of interesting that way. But, I mean, I'm guessing the more likely... Uh, scenario is that it's a anthology show yeah well i mean well i mean either way i mean it it could be um uh and we referenced battlestar galactica a lot but that was told Mm -hmm. from a lot of different perspectives true so maybe something more along that line i mean that's i'm just saying that because obviously there's speculation out there but it's also nothing that we've really seen that much of at least on star trek it's always been so central on Centrally focused, rather, on the um, the Starfleet crew. Right. So, who knows? I, I'm, n- n- no matter what, I'm, you know, we're there, day one. Like, it's Don't have to worry, folks. We're going to be there watching it. It's a little weird that they're teasing it. Well, I mean, they had to. It was the upfronts uh, for TV. But mm-hmm. it's they're teasing it, but we've had nothing about any casting or anything. There's been no news. Mm-hmm. Uh, regarding the casting process and it's already may and the show is supposed to start in january right so we're what my math is bad but we're like seven months yeah away seven seven little seven and change away from it premiering so you would really think i mean they've they've 
got to be a pre-production, <laughs> you know, pretty soon going to be in production. But it's been very, t- they've been very tight-lipped. Uh, of course, there was the inevitable rumor, I think, going around social media uh, that uh, they were looking at um, uh, the newly free um, Malcolm Reynolds. Uh, what do I always, Castle. Uh, Nathan Fillion. That guy, Nathan Fillion, uh, the guy from <laughs> the guy from uh, Firefly. Uh, they're looking at him for, to be the captain. It's like, well, that's kind of low hanging fruit, right? Yeah, he's already already been a captain, and I, I, I kind of, I was thinking the other day it would be interesting if it was uh, if it was an alien captain. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, who knows? Something a little yeah, different. Like, we've never had a captain. We've never the, all the captains have always been human. You know, so mm-hmm. it'd be cool to have an alien captain. I mean, I know there are alien captains in Starfleet, um, but uh, we never really see them. That's true. Yeah. So um, speaking of of Star Trek, <laughs> speaking of aliens and, and new new types of aliens, uh, well, there was the other uh, the other Star Trek thing that happened. Since we last recorded. Yeah. Uh, A new trailer dropped for Star Trek Beyond. Yeah, finally. (laughs) It seemed like forever since that first teaser hit. And the second trailer feels a lot more Star Trek-y than the first. Yeah, well, for one, I don't think it has a Beastie Boys song in the background. You know, don't get me wrong. I like the Beastie Boys, but... uh, it that first teaser you're right did not feel like a star trek movie mm-hmm. this definitely the trailer the way it's it's cut it it makes it feel a lot more like you know a abrams universe trek movie yes um still have no idea what's going on uh you say the enterprise get destroyed again yep and they get That's a new definitely ship happening yeah or maybe it's an old ship it looks like an old ship it looks kind of like an nx class ship yeah <laughs> What if it's the old Enterprise? Uh, I think they've already shown uh, artwork for it, and it's the Franklin. The Franklin. Okay. I think that's what it's called. Um, Yeah, so it would have been awesome if it were the NX-01, though. Yeah, that would be great. If if they were like, hey, look, we've got an old ship. And then they're like, everyone would be like, wait, what is this? For people who didn't watch Enterprise. (laughs) Um. Yeah, so, yeah, like I said, it doesn't really spoil too much, I guess. Um, we just see uh, we see more of kind of what we've already seen, but just presented with a different tone. Um, and there's still a big mystery of why all these Starfleet officers um, and others are being gathered up by Idris Elba's character, mm-hmm. I'm assuming. Yeah, so... Who looks uh, looks pretty intense? Uh, his character, yeah. And there's a there's a new female alien character. Um, I'm ex- I'm excited. Um, I I kind of at this point think I just want to go in super um, super unspoiled. Um, you know, I almost went into into darkness super unspoiled, but then someone on uh, public transit uh, was being very loud about their feelings about certain characters and uh, <laughs> totally spoiled it. Like hours before i was going to the theater so oh that's anyways. a bummer yeah so don't do that people come on although the twists in that movie were very obvious oh sure you know i i had my my had my suspicions but um yeah it would have been nice to not get spoiled so i think i'm gonna 
think I'm just going to kind of go in as cold as I can. I've seen the trailers, but otherwise, I'm just going to uh, uh, let myself be be taken on an adventure. Yeah. Uh, speaking of going on an adventure. Yeah. Let's talk about Enterprise. All right. Let's let's go. It's it's a long road. Yeah. Um, getting we're, from we're, there to here. And, and we're we're getting there. So <laughs> uh, we're going to talk about Star Trek Enterprise season four, episode three, home, original Ooh. air date, October 22nd, 2004. So uh, it sounds like they're finally going home after the long Zindi conflict. Um, so the episode begins uh, with uh, Starfleet headquarters in San Francisco. A shuttle pod lands in an arena and Archer and the senior staff are greeted with applause. Uh, Archer makes a speech about remembering the 27 crewmen who died during the Zindi war. And then he concludes by saying, it's good to be home. Uh, then it's, episode title. <laughs> yeah, right off the bat. Uh, then mm-hmm. it's the opening credits. Um, and when the episode returns, it's nighttime in San Francisco. Archer goes to a bar and meets with another Starfleet captain. And there's some sexual tension. Uh, just a side note. This captain is never named in this episode. Oh my gosh, I didn't even realize that. So, uh, I looked up at Memory Alpha. Her name is Erica Hernandez, but Captain Hernandez. Okay. But yeah, she is never named in this episode. That's so weird. I mean, she even, I can't remember. Is she even named her first name? Is she ever given any name? No. Oh, weird. That seems like a big oversight. Oh, well. I mean, that's par for the course for Enterprise. They True. are not very good at it, about introducing characters by name. No. Mm-mm. Uh, on Enterprise in T'Pol's quarters, T'Pol invites Trip to stay at T'Pol's mom's house on Vulcan. Uh, in uh, at Space Dock, Archer and uh, Captain Hernandez. I keep calling her Starfleet Captain in my notes because I had no idea what her <laughs> name was. Uh <laughs> They're on the bridge of the NX-02 Columbia as it's being Ooh. built. Uh, mm-hmm. Archer offers her suggestions about how best to outfit the Columbia. Uh, he wants her or he tells her to arm herself well. Cause... Yeah, good advice. Does he also say something about lumbar support in the captain's chair? Yes. <laughs> That's right. Okay. <laughs> Uh, later, Archer gets a debriefing back on Earth. He tells the officials, including Ambassador Saval, about Trellium and the fate of the Vulcan ship Solea. Uh, Saval is not pleased that Archer didn't try to save the Vulcans, and he is not convinced of Archer's story of what happened to the crew of the Solea. Uh, this upsets Archer, and, uh, Forrest orders Archer to take some time off, because Archer loses it. Yeah, he's clearly got anger management issues after the Zindi conflict. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he doesn't. He, he tells them that the crew is too far gone. Yeah. Okay. Well, there were they were zombies. We know that. Yeah. But Saval doesn't. Who can know forget that. the zombies? You know. Yeah. Saval. Saval doesn't know. He wasn't there. <laughs> he didn't face the zombie menace. Uh, back on Enterprise, Reed helps Flocks with his luggage, and Reed warns Flocks that. The Zindi attack has given rise to xenophobia on Earth, and mm-hmm. uh, Flox isn't worried about it. 
Uh, back on Earth, Archer is going to go rock climbing when Captain Hernandez appears. Uh, meanwhile, on Vulcan, T'Pol and Trip go to T'Pol's childhood home, and Trip meets T'Pol's mother. Uh, and T'Pol gets a letter from Koss, T'Pol's former fiance. Mm-hmm. And this was kind of alluded to in a previous episode, I want to say. Yeah, it was pretty um, early on. Yeah. So, yeah, you'll be forgiven if you don't remember the fact that she has a fiancé. Uh, Clearly she didn't. <laughs> no, just kidding. Uh, She's well aware. Back on Earth, Archer and uh, Captain Hernandez are climbing rocks and chatting about what she'll need out in space. Uh, Archer tells her to bring Makos because she'll spend a lot of time, quote, boldly going into battle. Wow. He's really had his view changed on things now. He's not expecting any future missions to be of a scientific discovery nature. No, not at all. Uh, he's definitely seen some stuff. Yeah. Uh, on Vulcan, T'Pol's mom is upset that T'Pol isn't returning to Vulcan and is instead thinking about joining Starfleet. Mm-hmm. Uh, in a bar, uh, Reed is signing autographs as the crew of the Enterprise <laughs> are heroes now mm-hmm. they're all famous that's uh, pretty cool i like that part yeah uh they get some recognition for what they did mm-hmm. uh mayweather and flocks are having drinks um, uh a xenophobic man tries to antagonize flocks reed and mayweather stick up for flocks and a bar fight ensues and flocks puts a stop to it by blowing up his head like a pufferfish. Oh my gosh! So I, I can't remember. I don't think we've seen him do this before. No, this is the first time we've seen that. This is brand new CGI or <laughs> brand old CGI. Well, yes, we've discussed before how dated yeah. the CGI is in this show. But Flocks, he just—he's a man of surprises. Yeah, he's an alien man of surprises. He's got a weird smile. He's got a weird mm-hmm. tongue, and his head mm-hmm. blows up like a pufferfish. Yeah, and he, oh, I mean, it's, he's just a bag of tricks. Like, he, he's just got something for every situation. Uh, back on Vulcan, T'Pol's mother knows that Trip and T'Pol are in a relationship. Uh, Koss pays a visit. Uh, Koss wants to get back with T'Pol because his parents want it to happen. And Koss tells T'Pol that if they got back together, his father could get her mother reinstated at the Science Academy. Uh, she had been asked to resign because she was accused of taking restricted data from the Academy archives. Uh, the security ministry made up the charges as a way to punish T'Pol for what happened at Pajem. Yeah, so I thought that was a pretty cool tie back to that that episode one of the best episodes i think of the show so far Mm -hmm. yeah it showed uh vulcans in a really new light yeah well there's been a lot of episodes that have done that yeah we've definitely explored uh vulcans a lot more in this series than any other uh back on earth archer wakes up Due to a growling noise, uh, he grabs a phase pistol and goes to investigate, only to find two Zindi reptilians, uh, and they throw him off a cliff. But it turns and the end of the series. <laughs> yep, it's over. Uh, no, it's all a dream. Uh, mm-hmm. Archer reveals to Captain Hernandez that he went rock climbing to get away from everyone because he feels that he's not a hero after utilizing torture in. Uh, marooning a ship full of people. 
Okay. Well, he should feel guilty about that. Uh, yeah, yeah. I know. It's just it gets a little heavy-handed. Okay. Uh, on Vulcan, T'Pol tells Trip that she has decided to marry Koss in order to get her mother her job back. Uh, on Earth, it is revealed that Archer and Captain Hernandez broke off their earlier relationship because he was her superior at the time. Uh, her superior officer at the time, and thus their relationship was inappropriate. But now they are equals, so it's okay. Yeah. Uh, is that really how it works? I don't know about that. <laughs> it's okay. All okay. <clears throat> Everything's okay here. Uh, on Enterprise in Sickbay, the Zindi parasites are almost completely gone from Hoshi's system. Uh, mm. She wants Phlox to join her for dinner, but he makes some excuses to stay aboard Enterprise because he doesn't want to cause another incident like at the bar. Mm. Uh, but he does want some takeout, however. Yes. Uh, back at Starfleet Command, the debriefing has concluded, and Archer apologizes to Saval. Saval admits that he was wrong about Archer, and he puts his hand out, and he and Archer shake hands. Ooh. Uh, they're BFFs now. Yep. Uh, back on Vulcan, Trip wears a Vulcan suit that belonged to T'Pol's father. Trip admits to T'Pol's mother that he loves T'Pol. Uh, she tells him that there's still time to tell T'Pol before her wedding, uh, but Trip decides not to tell her and instead watches as T'Pol and Koss get married. And that's the end of the episode. Hmm. Where's this going with, with T'Pol and Trip? I mean, we have, we're running out of road here. <laughs> <laughs> Part of me wants to say this doesn't get resolved by the time the series concludes. Well, we'll see. Uh, we will. We will. Um, I mean, we'll definitely be talking about what happens with that in the next episode. Um, as for my feelings on this episode, I mean, part of me definitely feels like this is what should have come after. Um, this should have been maybe the season finale. Um, and uh, they could have left us, you know, like, whoa, uh, Trip, you know, Trip isn't <clears throat> going to marry to Paul, or to Paul's marrying someone else, and this is what everyone's kind of been left with as a result of the past season uh, versus the season premiere. Uh, I mean, they did need to wrap up the temporal Cold War storyline um, for for sure, uh, but you know, I kind of wish they had managed to squeeze this episode uh, onto the tail end of the last season. Um, you know, it's a very, uh, it's, it's one of those episodes. It's, it's very much they've, the, the crew, the characters of your, of your favorite show have just gone, undergone something, um, traumatic. And, uh, this is the result of, of all of that. Um, and you're kind of getting to see the conclusion of it. Mm -hmm. Um, and in that, in that respect, um, you know, I thought it, it did an okay job. Um, you know, it it didn't blow me away in any way. No, yeah. it was it wasn't. Uh, it definitely wasn't a great episode, but no. it was a necessary episode as mm -hmm. a sort of decompression after everything that's happened before. Right, and and that's why I say I don't know if it was the best. If it was the best way to start a season, because I'm I'm just trying to imagine this being months and months in between the season finale and this episode. You know, I feel like for for a season premiere, it didn't really kind of kick me in the pants and, and say, like, this is the direction we're going in this season. Well, I mean, the season oh, premiere God. was the Temporal Cold War. Oh, right, right. Why am I? I'm so uh, off, thrown off here. Okay, right. They, the, they 
had uh, Stormfront Part 1 and 2. Okay, so then that makes sense, right? Yeah, so they were still fighting. And then, oh, okay, now we're finally, finally okay. back home. Yeah, putting that in that perspective, I got kind of uh, kind of off track there, but yeah. You know, oh, well, it it's because Stormfr- Stormfront Part 1 and 2 feels like it should be the season finale. <laughs> Right. Okay. So they're just kind of this Netflixification of everything. It's kind of kind of thrown me off. I guess it would have, it, it still would have felt like Stormfront one and two should have been the season finale. But at least I would have known, like, oh yeah, it's been months in between uh, these episodes, so that was the season premiere. Uh, now this is kind of the the wind down from all of that. Mm-hmm. It, it, I think the whole thing is just kind of split weirdly across the two seasons. Yeah. Yeah. I we can see agree that. on that. Yeah. Um. But yeah, not not a by no means a incredibly engaging episode, um, but it kind of needed to happen. I'm glad they're addressing human humanity's view of aliens on Earth mm-hmm. after the Zindi attack. Yeah, because we never saw any of that prior to this. Yeah. Um, I'm, when you think of Star Trek, you think, oh, everyone's harmonious, everyone's getting along. Mm-hmm. With, with some exceptions, obviously, but at least when it comes to the Federation space, you're thinking, oh, the, you know, everyone's friends, but no, they're not. No, it, it it was interesting. It shows that in the timeline of the show, humanity really hasn't gotten to that kind of brotherly, you know, love kind of space yet with everyone um, in the Federation, uh, and that there are still those kind of human qualities of no, they're oh, prejudice against the, the the foreign and the unusual. Um, I think that you know we've seen a little bit of that in the past with um, Archer, just even Archer's reaction to to um, Vulcans early on. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you know, he he didn't trust them, he didn't care for them, uh, and we saw that that's changed because of his interaction with with T'Pol. Um, and now he's BFFs, you know, <laughs> with, with the Vulcan ambassador. Um, and, uh, yeah, so it was interesting to see that, that concept. Cause we really haven't seen that before in the series. Yeah. I mean, and of course this is before the creation of the Federation, but mm-hmm. still it, it's weird to see, uh, not weird. It's neat to see that things aren't hunky dory. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not neat that people are being, you know, xenophobic. But no, I mean, it's it, an it, interesting it's inter- aspect. Yeah, it's interesting show. to see that in a Star Trek show. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So, but uh, yeah, overall, um, yeah, like, like I kind of already mentioned this, but overall, not not like the, the groundbreaking episode by any means. But, no, you know, it, it gave us a little bit of a peek behind behind the scenes. Yeah. Of, uh, yeah. Starfleet and, and these characters when they're not out saving the universe. Um, we definitely needed this a breathing room because the next episode is a big one. Mm-hmm. Uh, next episode is a borderland. Uh, but before we talk about that, we'll take a little break. A Star Trek event. Brent Spiner joins the crew of Enterprise. Permission to come aboard, sir? He's Earth's greatest mind. A genius who knows no mercy. Looks like you might have saved Earth for nothing. And he'll kindle a hatred that will last for generations. Two of my people just disappeared. It's dangerous at the future. Part of the Star Trek saga you never knew. Start learning how to speak Klingon. Star Trek Enterprise. Enterprise. 
And we're back. Uh, we're going to talk about Star Trek Enterprise Season 4, Episode 4, Borderland, original air date, October 29th, 2004. Take it away, Randy. All right, so a uh, very different scenario, the start of this episode from uh, where we left off in the last one. We start out on the bridge of a Klingon bird of prey. I haven't seen one of those in a while. Uh the crew has noticed a transport shuttle uh, with no armaments uh, is adrift with its life support failing. Uh, the engines are down. There are two biosigns on board. Uh, so they catch it in uh, tractor beams and dock with it. Uh, we see two young, seemingly human men uh, being escorted on board by the uh, Klingon officers. Uh, they're walking through a corridor uh, when the two humanoids stop and give each other a look. Uh, they start kind of martial arts fighting, I guess, the Klingons. Uh, basically just totally kicking Klingon butt, uh, and they end up knocking the Klingons out. Uh, they make their way to the bridge where a disruptor fight ensues. Uh, we come back from the opening credits. Oh, uh, we... can I uh, make a little note here? Yeah. Uh, the Klingon captain uh, is played by J.G. Hertzler, okay. uh, who's best known for playing Martok on DS9. Uh, oh. And he played Kolos, Archer's advocate, in the episode Judgment. Oh, so he's played another Klingon. He's um, he's played a lot of Klingons. A lot of Klingons. He's not supposed to be the same Klingon though. In this no, episode. I just immediately recognized him. Oh, okay. He's a he's a well known Klingon character actor. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for that uh, bit of information. Uh, so coming back uh, from the opening credits, uh, we're at Starfleet headquarters uh, back on Earth. Uh, we're in the interior and we realize that it's a brig. Uh, we see a cell in the brig and there's papers all over the walls, uh, actually kind of nicely placed. Uh, and we hear, I guess, basically like a brig guard, um, kind of like a, a prison correctional officer, uh, say that uh, the person in the cell has a visitor. And who's that person? No, none other than uh, Data. No, it's not Data. <laughs> it's Brent Spiner playing a new character named Dr. Sung. Uh, he tells him that... Not, uh, not that Dr. Sung. No, this is a new Dr. Sung. This is the, well, an ancestor of that Dr. Sung. Yeah, so this is his ancestor. just happens to be Brent Spiner. And they all um, look like Brent Spiner. It's a very strong genes. Yeah, very, very strong. Incredibly strong genes. <laughs> I'm wondering if at the end of this uh, this little arc, story arc, we're going to find out something about that. Mm. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. No, no spoilers. Um, Archer is there to see uh, this Sung. Um, he says he needs to ask ask him some questions. Uh, Archer tells him that someone has attacked a King Klingon bird of prey. Uh, the entire crew was killed and the bird of prey has gone missing. Uh, he also tells uh, Sung that whoever uh, was responsible for destroying the ship uh, jettisoned the crew and that some DNA was recovered from the crew's bodies. Uh, we find out that the DNA of these, uh, humanoids turns out to be augments. Uh, they were genetically, I wrote this in, genetically enhanced, uh, embryos, uh, stolen from a medical facility, uh, 
20 years ago uh, by Sung himself. So they're like Khan and the crew of the Botany Bay. Yeah, yeah. And I think we're going to get a little more into that. But basically, there's a reason why these characters look so much like Khan's crew <laughs> from <laughs> from uh, Wrath of Khan and yeah, and, and such. Uh, by the way, by look like his crew i mean they all look kind of like models uh they all are ripped and they all have literally ripped clothing <laughs> <laughs> well they are genetically augmented they're they're just they can't their clothes cannot contain them yeah uh we head up to space uh, to the bridge of enterprise it's still in space dock where it's been uh retrofitted uh the crew is there but they're not in uniform uh, Archer's telling them about how Dr. Sung used to work at some place called Cold Station 12. It was a secret medical research station. Uh, Reed uh, chimes in uh, that Cold Station 12 is where Starfleet keeps infectious diseases on ice. Uh, Archer says that's also where they keep genetically engineered embryos left over from the eugenics wars. So we're getting into con territory here for sure. Uh, Mayweather chimes in for like the first time in a dozen episodes. <laughs> uh, he says he can remember when Sung went on trial uh, and that he wouldn't tell anyone where, what he did with the stolen embryos. Uh, Archer informs Mayweather and the rest of the crew uh, that Sung has told them that he took them to a planet in the Trialis system and actually raised the children from those embryos and that they should be around 10 years old, or they were around 10 years old when he was captured. Uh, and that was a decade ago. So they'd be 20 years old now. I guess I could see that. Uh, Reed wants to know what Sung would want with a bird of prey. Uh, Archer tells them that uh, he has uh, that Sung has spent time in the Borderland, so we have our episode title, and that is the area where the Klingon ship was attacked. Uh, T'Pol informs everyone that it's a region uh, between the Orion Syndicate of Orion, I'm guessing slave girl fame. Well, we'll find out in a moment, and the Klingon Empire. It's pretty much a uh, Scum, or a hive of scum and villainy. Mm -hmm. uh, we find out the Klingons are non, non, none too pleased uh, about what's happened to their ship, and they've threatened to retaliate. Uh, speaking of uh, the Klingons, oh, and um, we also learn, sorry, that uh, Enterprise, this is the important part, Enterprise is being sent into uh, the borderland to uh, basically find those who attacked the bird of prey and um, they're going to launch in six hours. So they're going on an augment hunt, basically uh, on the Klingon bird of prey. Um, there's a, a young woman uh, who informs one of the uh, augment men that they've uh, basically taken control of the ship and figured out how to fly it. Um, there's a discussion between them when a character named uh, Raken uh, comes in and gets into an argument with the other male character, Malik, uh, saying that he didn't sanction this attack. Um, he says, you know, it wasn't, 
basically Malik didn't have uh, the authority to carry out this attack, and he wants he says he asks him if he's forgotten who he is, uh, and Malik says, "No, I, I haven't forgotten. You're our leader." So Raken is their leader. Um, back at a uh, space dock, um, Sung is escorted on board and introduced to uh, members of the Enterprise crew. Um, he asks to examine the DNA samples that were uh, recovered by the Klingons. Uh, he wants to be able to tell uh, Archer and the Enterprise crew about the current state of the augments, and Archer says he'll have uh, that data sent to him in his quarters. Uh, he says, though, that he would like his own laboratory, and that Archer says that he'll consider letting him work with flocks in sickbay. Uh, on the bridge, uh, Tucker is working on the new captain's chair. Uh, it's kind of like a running theme from past episodes. Uh, and there's apparently a new new chair after all the retrofitting's been done. Uh, Tucker and T'Pol are both there, which is a little bit awkward. Tucker wants to know how the honeymoon was. T'Pol responds with basically what? Honeymoon? Like, what's that? Uh, Tucker says that uh, T'Pol was on Vulcan for two weeks after he left, we find out. Uh, and he just figured that she went on one. Uh, Enterprise uh, departs space dock and shoots off at warp speed. In the ready room, uh, Archer uh, reveals that he's received an intelligence report. Uh, he's talking to DePaul and tells her that the Klingons have been spotted near Proxima Colony. Um, he thinks that they could be uh, conducting some reconnaissance for a an attack. Um, we find out that the Vulcan government's trying to work on a diplomatic solution. We also find uh, out that uh, T'Pol is officially a Starfleet commander, mm-hmm. but she still doesn't wear a Starfleet uniform for some reason. Right. Not really sure why. They just want to keep her in that skin-tight number that she wears. Um, yeah, we find that out um, as kind of a a token of his appreciation and congratulations. Uh, he gives her... Um, this box, a wooden box, and inside there's an old-fashioned ship's compass uh, to kind of, what does he say, keep her pointed in the right direction. Uh, we get a, a Captain Starlog. Uh, we find out the ship has crossed into the Borderlands and that they are three light years from where the Klingons were attacked, but they still haven't found uh, the Bird of Prey. Uh, in Sick Bay, we see uh, the augment DNA strands on the screen. Uh, Fox tells Dr. Sung that this is uh, very sophisticated for 20th century Earth medicine. Uh, We find out that Sung has made modifications uh, to uh, the uh, DNA that we're looking at. Uh, And he says, rather than explain it, he'd like to let his work speak for itself. Um, As they're talking, Enterprise is struck uh, from what can be assumed to be a, uh, a weapons fire. Um, we find out on the bridge that there are two Orion interceptors attacking uh, the Enterprise. Uh, there's a, a brief skirmish, uh, and T'Pol is beamed off the bridge. Archer enters Sung's quarters to tell him that Nine of the crew members have been beamed off the ship, including T'Pol, and he wants to know how to get them back. Uh, Sung says that they've most likely been taken to an Orion processing station, um, where they will be introduced to new professions as slaves. 
Sung just so happens to have uh, worked out some relations with uh, the Orions in past dealings with them and says that he can help get the crew members back. How convenient. Right. It's not a setup at all. Uh, back on the Klingon ship, uh, we have Malik and uh, the female character, uh, Perseus, and are, are having a uh, kind of a, I guess you'd say, kind of a uh, secret meeting <laughs> uh, where they're discussing uh, what's been happening. Uh, and the two of them, you know, I guess it, it was established earlier in the episode that, that Persis and, and, uh, and the leader uh, of the Augments are in a relationship. But here, the two embrace and kiss, and we see that there's something going on behind the scenes. The next scene, we're in some kind of uh, even scummier hive of scum and villainy. Uh, there's a an Orion, a male Orion, which I don't know if we've ever seen them in Star Trek before, um, attaching something to a piece of electronics to her neck. Uh and she's told that she's now property of the Orion Syndicate. So she's a slave. And I wanted to point out that I believe the Orion, um, male Orion that is, um, attaching it to her neck and telling her this is none other than the Big Show. It is the Big Show, and he's credited as Big Show. As Big Show. In this episode. In the credits. So, uh, for those who don't know what we're talking about, he's a, a very well-known WWE wrestler. Is he currently active in WWE? Yeah, he's he still doing some stuff. For still them. doing stuff here and there, but it was, it was really, I mean, he's huge. So your first impression of the male, like Orion, uh, Orion characters is that they're just like these massive, they look almost like orcs from World of Warcraft. Yeah. Like, or Jolly Green Giant. Sure. Okay. <laughs> he's a Jolly Green Giant. So that's our first view. Uh, he's very imposing. He's a huge guy in real life. Um, so it, it was pretty good casting, I thought. It makes him look scary. Or maybe he looks like a Gormoran guard without a big <laughs> nose and tusks. Um, T'Pol, basically, sorry about that. Uh, T'Pol's thrown into a cage with another, uh, Enterprise Starfleet officer. Uh, we find out that his name is Ensign P- Jeffrey Pierce. And that, uh, she tells him that they're being processed for auction. Uh, back on Enterprise, uh, they've entered orbit of the Orion, uh, syndicate planet, uh, and are being asked to transmit their identification code. Uh, luckily, it still works and they're cleared, uh, to proceed. Uh, we basically were in the, the transporter area of the ship, which now just seems kind of like the transporter room. Um, Actually, Archer and Sung get on the transporter pad. So it's almost like after the last season where they started using it more and more. Now they're like just using the transporter. Mm-hmm. Like they don't use shuttlecraft anymore, apparently. Yeah, they just <laughs> don't even bother. They're like at the beginning of this series. No one wants to use the transporter. Now it- it's not even built to transport organic matter. It's not built to transport humans. Uh, but now it's just a it's just a transporter pad. It's uh, becoming more and more the Star Trek where you recognize. Yes, and and so I'm interested to see where that goes this season. Um, I mean, we'll, we'll talk about it in a minute, but there's some some definite uh, old Star Trek feel to this episode. Um, back uh, back in the slave marketplace, um, 
the the slavers uh, zap Pierce, uh, and he, to Paul it gets taken up uh, to a platform to be put on auction. We see a lot of uh, lot of sleazy aliens uh, wanting to spend a lot of money basically to buy her as a slave. Uh, we find out that uh, she actually uh, took an incredibly high price. Uh, Big Show says uh, that she went for, and I noted three million six. He says, not even my last wife sold for that much. So, uh, Archer and Sung have beamed down. Uh, we find out that they have neurolytic uh, restraints on their necks. Uh, they basically keep the slaves in line. Uh, if they try to leave the area, uh, they'll basically start uh, convulsing in seizures, uh, and they can't be transported off the planet or the same thing will happen. Um, I also noted that we get a glimpse of an Orion, um, Orion woman from classic Star Trek and from, uh, the first J.J. Abrams Star Trek, uh, on the auction block. And she doesn't seem to care that she's being auctioned off. In fact, she's kind of like soaking it up. Yeah. It's weird. Kind of weird. Yep. Uh, back on the Klingon Bird of Prey, uh, Persis is now, uh, meeting with, uh, Rock Raken, sorry. Uh, and we basically get the sense that she's playing both sides. Um, she tells him that he's plotting against him and wants to take his place. Uh, back in the slave market, uh, Ensign Pierce, uh, gets pulled out and put on the auction block, and he's not exactly bringing in the money. But then we see that, uh, Archer is using his, uh, uh, I guess you could say it's like his PDA. It hasn't really become a tricorder yet, uh, to bid. And, uh, he's bidding a lot on him. So he doesn't get turned into food. I think is what they said they do. Um, we then find out that in fact, uh, he did bid a lot and that he's going to need a trip to beam down some tritanium cobalt. It turns out it's half of the ship's supply in order to buy back some of the members of the crew. Uh, back in sick bay, uh, Ensign Pierce is on, uh, a gurney. Uh, Fox is trying to remove the, um, uh, remove that restraining bolt is what I have, but he's trying to re- remove the device from his neck. Uh, Trip wants to know why they can't just buy back the rest of the crew members. And we find out that to Paul uh, and others have already been sold uh, back on the Klingon ship. Uh, there's a meeting taking place in one of the corridors. Uh, we find out that uh, Persis has told uh Raken everything, and Malik wants to know if Raken is going to uh, try to make a move against him. Uh, just then, uh, Raken appears and says, well, of course I am, basically, and he has a space shotgun aimed at him. Um, there's an argument. Uh, we find out that um, uh, it's all been kind of a plan against Raken, uh, and Malik ends up stabbing Raken, uh, and he, we see basically how diabolical, uh, the augments are and how conniving they are against each other. Uh, so back, back in the, um, back in the slave market, uh, Archer receives a code from Enterprise and they're entering into a console, uh, when one of the Orion slavers shows up. It's actually, is it Big Show? I think it's Big Show. I was having a hard time telling them apart. Um, but basically, uh, 
they knock him out, uh, but not before uh, one of the other aliens in the marketplace sees them. Uh, the code that was entered into the console, it turns out, actually turns off the restraints. Uh, so the slaves are all free and they start running everywhere. Um, Archer tells Trip to start beaming uh, the crew members back aboard five at a time. Uh, just then, uh, Dr. Soong knocks uh, Archer out with a shock baton from one of the Orion slaver guards. Um, T'Pol is being choked out by one of the Orion slavers, by Big Show, uh, but she ends up kicking him in the groin uh, and getting away uh, and gets beamed uh, out of the marketplace. Um, Archer radios back, uh, or communicators back to the Enterprise that Sung has gotten away. Uh, there's a chase. Uh, Sung ends up running into a dead end, uh, dead end alleyway. Uh, he tries to climb over a wall, uh, by hooking his, um, hands, which have this, uh, magnetic, uh, brace over, uh, over a peg. Uh, but then Archer, uh, disengages them and he falls down. Uh, they take him back to Enterprise. Uh, Archer basically uh, sees right through Sung's, uh, basically right through his plan, uh, that this was his plan all along. He was hoping that he'd be able to get away and that they'd be slowed down by having members of their crew abducted. Uh, we find out that two of the crew members uh, could have permanent uh, physical injuries because of the restraints. Um, in Sick Bay, uh, Tucker, uh, is talking with T'Pol after her, her ordeal. Uh, she tells him that she didn't go on a honeymoon, uh, because Vulcans don't do honeymoons, uh, and that she went to uh, someplace called Mount Celaya to meditate alone. Uh, as they're talking, the ship comes under attack again. Of course, it's Orion's, uh, they've sent a couple of interceptors after what they claim is their stolen property. Uh, just then, uh, the Klingon bird of prey arrives on the scene and destroys one of the interceptors, uh, sending the other one fleeing. Uh, the Klingons, as Hoshi says, are requesting to dock. So I'm guessing at this point they think that they're still Klingons in the bird of prey. Oh, well, they haven't identified um, themselves as otherwise. Right. Right. But in the very next scene, uh, we see Malik, the, the now leader, uh, of the augments, uh, talking with Archer. Um, he says he knows that Sung is on the Enterprise, that they received a signal from him. So this was in the previous scene there, uh, in the slave market, there was a brief moment where Sung, it looked like was trying to send a message or something. And so clearly he was communicating with the augments. Um, an argument ensues. Malik, uh, takes Archer as a human shield as Reed and some Makos charge in. Uh, back on the Klingon bird of prey, Persis says that she has broken into the Enterprise security codes. Uh, the airlock on Enterprise opens and Makos are quickly overwhelmed by the augments. Uh, the augments enter the brig and, uh, Persis pushes, uh, with her own strength, pushes open the brig door. Uh, Sung, uh, she tells Sung who she is and he acts surprised because he hasn't seen her in 10 years, uh, and they embrace. Um, Malik throws Archer aside 
uh, and asks Sung what they should do with the humans. Uh, Sung says they should let them go, uh, that their ship has disabled, and they'll, they'll be long gone by the time they've been able to repair it. Uh, he tells Archer to take his advice and start learning Klingon. Basically, uh, he doesn't care that the Klingons are going to take it out on the humans. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're back on the Bird of Prey. Uh, Sung is giving a speech to his augments. He tells them that they're going to build a new world. Uh, but that they can't begin at that just yet. He tells them that thousands of their brothers and sisters are still waiting to be born, and let's go get them. And that's the end of the episode. Yeah, this was uh, the first time that Enterprise has really embraced its Star Trek-ness, I feel like. Definitely. Um, It felt like old Star Trek. Yeah, I mean, you've got the augments... Uh, which were mm-hmm. a reference in classic Trek, and you've got the Orion Slave Girls also referenced in the original Trek. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you've got Brent Spiner, who, of course, brings to mind uh, Next Generation immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, man, Brent Spiner, when he's not playing Data, when he's playing something, someone evil, he's really over the top. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's a ham. Um, but yeah, it's... A lot of the familiar beats that mm-hmm. uh, longtime Star Trek fans would recognize. But is that is that good, in your opinion? Uh, it was entertaining was it... to see all these uh-huh. references. Um, I don't... I don't know. I guess it was... I wasn't super interested in the augments in general. I think Khan is an interesting character, mm-hmm. but I'm not sure that these second rate cons are that <laughs> that interesting can we call them that from now on <laughs> second rate cons that's the, that's their their college uh garage band yeah the second rate cons they're totally a con cover band uh <laughs> it's yeah um the sung archer interaction was fun uh it felt mm-hmm. a little hannibal lecter ish mm-hmm. um but yeah, I don't know. I I see what you mean about I mean kind of returning to that well again. Um it is definitely it's it's not a new story. It's 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 retreading a lot of territory with the augments or you know with the eugenics war stuff and with the the orions and you know it's very much playing on nostalgia for old trek. Um and I I think that that ideally I'd want to see some brand new story. I, I think that's what, you know, one of the things that next generation did so well is that it didn't rely on, um, it relied on uh, familiar kind of tropes of the enterprise and beaming down and, you know, all that and phasers and all that kind of stuff. But it, it gave us a lot of new stories and new characters and new alien races and planets and, and everything, new crew members. And so, you know, this definitely feels like they want you to remember, uh, a really good part of original track, which was Khan and <laughs> the, what happened in, uh, in space seed in the original series, which was great. And what happened in the wrath of Khan, which was great. Um, so it's like, it's like a strong, like lore from star Trek to, to draw on. And it definitely had, 
you know, it had lots of action and it had, you know, the pacing was good and it had Brent Spiner as over the top as he was. Um, so that's really positive. Um, I'm just, I'm wondering if what we're going to get is just what we expect we're going to get, which is, you know, uh, Enterprise has to go destroy more augments before they can be born. Yeah, or at least lock them up or keep them on ice. Do something, and that's, you know, (laughs) ice them. But, I mean, that's that's what we're expecting, and and I think that I would really hope that, that, um, you know, this is obviously the first part of an arc, um, given the to be continued. I really hope that that they subvert, you know, our expectations. Well, there's there's only so much they can do, right? Because Mm -hmm. otherwise these augments are running around in space and then you're questioning, well, where are they in the classic Trek universe? Where are they Mm -hmm. next generation? Mm Mm-hmm. So they must put a, put a stop to them. I mean, I I mean, being a, being a prequel Mm -hmm. series in general, uh, puts handcuffs on the storytelling. Definitely. So they're they're doing what they can, um, and yeah, uh, hitting all these familiar beats. Like I said, is it's cool. Like I was happy to see Brent Spiner again, mm-hmm. but then on the and I was happy to see Big Show. But yeah, definitely, he was super imposing. But on the other side, yeah, I would like to see some new stories. Yeah. Definitely. So, I mean, we've still got the rest of the season to go, but let's see where this goes. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to some more Brent Spiner, uh, Hammy Brent Spiner. Uh, uh, if you want to, oh, speaking of Hammy, I mean, you remember when, when he was in, uh, Independence Day? Yep. That was a pretty, it's, it's Hammy Brent Spiner. There's, you get two versions. You get Data and then you get, uh, Dr. Sung. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we're definitely getting more Brent Spiner because the next two episodes are Cold Station 12. Oh. And The Augments. Well, I think we kind of know where this is going. <laughs> to Cold Station 12. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, our whole next episode will be talking about this story arc. Uh, hopefully it goes in an interesting place. And even if it doesn't, you know, Brent Spiner's entertaining. Yeah, for sure. We can take some more Brent Spiner. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. And we'll talk to you later. See ya. Actually, Mother was a chemist. Star Trek Enterprise. 